I speak to you in the name of our one God, our creator, our redeemer, and our sustainer. Amen. A few weeks ago, I was in my children's elementary school, and I came upon a kindergarten class that was going from its homeroom over to the art room. And the children were quiet, but they were wandering a little bit. One to the left and one to the right. And then a child hopped over to see what was going on in the gym. And the teacher turned around, glanced at all these wanderings and wigglings, and said, children, this is not a line. I asked for a line. This is a scatter plot. Now, Jesus does not talk about the wayward, wayward Israelites in Jerusalem as points on a scatter plot. This was first century Palestine. He instead talked about them as wayward chicks, as chicks scattered around the hen house or the farmyard that the mother hen is trying desperately to bring in under her wing. And mother hens really do try to protect their children, their young, their chicks. At with times of peril. So farmers report after a fire that they will find the mother hen has actually died, and underneath her wing are chicks that are still alive. So there is this sense that with this imagery that Jesus uses today of this fierce protective love, this chicken going, this hen going out after her chicks and bringing them in. And it's not necessarily an image we often associate with Jesus. Jesus as mother hen. I think that's perhaps because it's feminine. So some, the idea of, of God as feminine will raise the eyebrows of some, but I'll have you know that the idea of God as masculine raises the eyebrows of others. You could be sitting next to each other in the pews. And here we, so here we are. And this is Jesus' language, this image of trying to bring in the wayward chicks under Jesus' protective wing. And this is important, this protection, because there are foxes in the hen house. Jesus responds to those who tell him that Herod is after him by saying, go tell that fox, go tell, go tell that fox that I don't have time for this. Jesus calls him a fox, and this is not a compliment. This is not about Herod's cleverness or his smarts. When you wanted to talk about somebody's greatness in this era, you would call them a lion. When you wanted to talk about somebody's smallness, you call them a fox. So this is an insult, and Jesus is not going to let this threat, which is a real threat, derail him. It's a real threat because this is Herod Antipas. This is the son of Herod the Great, who featured in the birth narratives of Jesus. This is Herod Antipas, his son, who has just killed John the Baptist, and who will later figure into a debate between Pilate about who has jurisdiction over Jesus at the top for his crucifixion and his trial. So this is a real threat, but Jesus says, I don't have time for this. Today, tomorrow, and the next day, I am busy. I am healing people. I am exercising demons. I am helping the poor. I don't have time. Not today, not tomorrow, not the next day. He's doing his best imitation of a Washingtonian, right? I will meet in May. That's my next free opening. Jesus doesn't have time to let this threat, this real threat, derail him from doing what is most important. That is God's work on earth this serving people, loving people, 
praising God, his Father. But we are not God. We are not Jesus. We face real threats in our own lives. We have our own Herods, and they can immobilize us if we let our fear overtake us. So we have Herods that may be real people, right? That boss that comes into your office five minutes before five and asks for something due the next day. Someone, an adult child, a a young child that makes a comment to you on a regular basis that's cutting or judgmental, and it makes you pause. A real schoolyard bully that threatens your son or daughter. These are real fears, real threats, and they mean something to us. And then there are also those that are maybe not, don't come in the form of a person, but are also threats to our well-being, financial instability, an addiction, a fear of change, or an illness in someone. We take these seriously, and we should, but Jesus reminds us today that they are not lions, they are foxes, and they can be overcome, these fears and these threats. Now, the mother hen cannot actually prevent the fox from getting into the farmhouse, into the hen house. What she does is she brings her chicks under her wing to try to protect them. So Jesus cannot actually prevent us from feeling these threats or having these fears, but Jesus can help us overcome them. So like the mother hen who runs around trying to gather her chicks, Jesus is trying to bring us in. No matter where we are scattered around, Jesus is trying to bring us in with this courageous, this ferocious love, this fearsome love, this protective love that Jesus offers us. And it is this love that gives us the strength and the courage to look at these fears and these threats and say, you are just a fox. You are not a lion. You will not determine who I am, what my life is going to be like. You will not distract me from doing God's work on earth, loving and serving God and loving and serving my neighbor. And it is Jesus' fearsome love for us, protective love, that gives us that strength and courage to stand up to our own fears and threats. Now, Jesus doesn't just offer this to us. Because if you remember from the text, Jesus is actually trying to bring in those who have rejected him. The Israelites who are in Jerusalem who, have, who are living their lives in fear. They have listened to what the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Roman authorities have said about Jesus, and they see Jesus as a threat, someone who needs to be tamped down, who needs to be pushed to the side, who they should fear and be afraid of. And they're living their lives letting fear determine that they will not follow Jesus. And Jesus is sad for them. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, he says. This is not anger, the tone here. This is sadness. He is lamenting the situation that these people find themselves in, these Israelites, these scattered points around the plot. They find themselves there, and they cannot seem to come home to him under his wing. And he laments the situation. It is not anger that you hear, but sadness right out of the Psalms and out of Lamentations. Ironically, this passage has been used by anti-Semites to say Jesus is rejecting those who have rejected him. But he is sad for them. He wants to change the situation. 
He wants to bring them under. He says, I am longing to bring you under my wing. And so when we hear this, we need to understand that the protective love that we know under Jesus' wing, that gives us strength and courage, is not just for us, but for those that we know who let fear of threats rule their lives. And we know people like that. The neighbor, our neighbor who is afraid of immigrants, our grandparents who maybe think gay marriage should not be happening, others who we know, great aunts and uncles, who think interracial marriage should not be happening, children who are afraid of the folks that sit outside the library. These are perceived by them to be real. And we can lament with Jesus, we can lament with Jesus that they are letting fear drive their lives and distract them from what is most important, which is loving and serving one another and God. So we can lament with Jesus and then prayerfully and in relationship with them, bring them to know that this protective love that Jesus offers us is also for them so that they too can stand up to these fears and know that they are just foxes and not lions and they can be overcome with the strength and courage that we find when we know that Jesus has this protective, offers us this protective love. And this is life-giving. It is life-giving not just to free yourself this way, but to help to free others. Because to live with fear is a kind of death. And Lent is a season of preparing for life. The word Lent in Old English was actually the origin of the word for spring. And in springtime, chicks hatch, flowers bloom, we come out of our shells, we interact with each other more out on the sidewalks and on the playgrounds. This is life-giving season, preparing for the life that is ultimately the resurrection that we look forward to. So I ask you this Lent to prepare for life anew. Prepare to accept the fearsome love that Jesus offers us under his protective wing, under the wing of our mother hen, God. Come under, leave your scattered points and come under and remember that it's not just for you, but invite others under this protective wing as well. Now Jesus is not ordering us to line up like kindergartners one after the other in a uniform line, but he is offering us much more than life as points in a scatter plot. So accept this life-giving love that he offers, and this Lent, accept this, and then see about turning around and offering it to someone else who needs to know it as well. Amen. <laughs>